Warning. This podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. Today, I have the immense pleasure of chatting with Becca Francis. Becca is an internal change person. And for two thirds of my, my career, I have been an internal change person. And, and I found the, the change and the transition from internal to external quite fascinating. So uh, without further ado, this isn't about me. This is about Becca. So Becca Francis, how the devil are you? Hello, I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. So for those people who don't know who Becca is, who is Becca? I know she got to sit in that seat today. So I am Becca. Um, I I think it's quite safe to say that there's only one of me, (laughs) Uh, which most people will be grateful for. Um, So yeah, I work in, um, so at the moment I'm in financial services. Um, I work in kind of agility. So Come from a background of um, projects, programs, um, doing things differently is what I'm passionate about. And so at the moment, I'm working in terms of supporting um, transitions into different operating models um, and shaping up how we deliver change in a, in a different way to traditional um, kind of methods. Hey, exciting. Exciting. So when you say different, different in what way? So I'm really passionate about um, people. And I've always, um, you know, I would love projects. I've loved kind of getting involved in, in challenges. Um, but what I found that I really enjoyed about it was actually the teams um, and seeing teams kind of collaborate and get their ideas together um, and work towards a common goal. And another passion of mine from where I started, like my first job ever, um, in a windsurfing shop and then going into a fast food restaurant is like customer service and so I'm really passionate about teams and customers um, and I often find quite you know a lot of projects we go into and it's kind of someone's you know idea of what they want to deliver a really well-paid person that's come up with this idea and I'm really passionate about getting teams you know to basically speak to customers getting them motivated getting them to see the value of the stuff that they're delivering when I kind of talk about doing it differently it's how you motivate those teams and I'm a great believer if you put people first they'll look after your customers and you know that that's a great business is um delivers great outcomes and unfortunately it's something that I don't see as being a common thing so yeah it's one of my one of my passions definitely yeah. I love that. I love that. So I fundamentally agree and believe in in this is it's a people game and not a not a process game that that we're in. And and I speak about this quite a lot. But like 15, 20 years ago, consultants used to try to sell like a silver bullet to fix a particular target or metric. Um, and then about 10 years ago, say customer experience and customer satisfaction was a thing. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. Um, so like everybody moved from, from the target to the customer satisfaction. And about five years ago, it was all about well-being and uh, an employee engagement and stuff. So it was like 
satisfy your employees, then um, it's about then they'll deliver your customer satisfaction and then they'll deliver your business targets. So that spells like EST. Um, and then, but what I believe now is it's about people, but leadership behaviors and, and people behaviors. Um, and and if you can get the right behaviors that creates the right environment for employees to then be engaged, deliver the customer's satisfaction, and then your, your, your business targets um, land. So I, I completely resonate with, with with what you're saying. When when did you realize? Have you, so with your customer service background and then you're moving into change. In fact, actually, that's a question I'm going to ask you. How did you fall into change? Did you choose change or did change choose you? <laughs> I think change chose me. Um, I worked for I worked for the police and I kind of just got involved in like business transformation stuff. And again, I, I just had a bit of a different approach to, to a lot of people that I worked with in that I would go out, I'd go and meet teams, I'd go and sit next to them, see what they were doing. You know, I'd look at kind of customer insight and things like that. And a lot of people just valued uh, the fact that I did that. I didn't just sit in an office and, you know, come up with a plan or things like that. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of got in, I, I just went through that that kind of stage I mean I started uh, with my children quite young and um, I I started in kind of doing admin jobs and I just used to find myself challenging a lot of things like asking why all of the time and uh, that was probably much to my parents annoyance when I was a kid as well <laughs> um, and so that kind of continued I was always asked why and uh, you know when I was taking on projects and stuff I would be really interested in the bigger picture um, really interested in what people actually thought about that change um, so yeah I think change I think I just kind of fell into it I didn't ever have that as a target you know as in, in terms of a career yeah so this 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 inquisitive nature and this um, uh, I guess people-centric approach they've always been have you, have you always been a big believer in in relationship and people um, from the customer service background or was that from before as well were you an inquisitive people lover in the early days or is that what the customer service kind of built upon it I think the customer service built upon it um to be honest I, I mean I started off in a windsurfing shop on work experience and I just loved meeting different people every day um and they kept me on as a Saturday girl and then I kind of went into you know to a fast food restaurant and to be honest a lot of people you know, uh, disc that as kind of a career option, you know, uh, but I, I'm i a great believer that that sets such a good foundation for my career and, you know, how I think about things, how uh, how I shape ideas, um, that it just set a passion for, for me. And I think as well, being a customer, when you get infuriated by things you have to deal with, it's kind of, you know, if you if you get infuriated by that, how can you also do a better job yourself day to day? What's one thing you can do differently to make your own customer service good? So yeah, yeah. I think it's just ignited a passion in me. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And what? So I said right at the intro. So I have been an internal change person, now an external change person. But what do you see as the biggest challenge that you face in in your role, Becca? For you personally, I get rather than if we remove the um the the business and the process and stuff. What what's your biggest challenge? I think the biggest challenge is that change in leadership. I think the expectations of our generation now, especially younger people, you know, everything's kind of um, always on. Uh, you know, you can go there, you can get the answer. They want they want to, you know, feel empowered. 
um, people want to know want to know a lot more. Um, you know, and if they're not happy, they aren't really afraid quite often to go somewhere else, whether that's a job or whether that's you as a customer. And I think a lot of you know how businesses operate, um, like you you sort of said, is around the, the the leadership that you've got. And if you don't have the right leadership, that can lead to so many other challenges, not just you know in the workforce, but then how you're delivering how you're delivering changes, the the strategic objectives that they're coming up with. And personally, it's an area that I see we've still got quite a um, kind of tailoristic approach to in some areas, some businesses. And I think that's in those companies that have still got that approach, they're probably quite far behind the times. And I think that's going to be a big, big shift for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Completely agree. Do you think they will change or do you think, um, do you think people are just at a particular level doing what they've always done so they don't need to change? I think there will be pockets that change um, and there'll be pockets that get, get left behind when I talk about kind of my passions I'm a great believer in letting people be and encouraging people to be who they are um, and being authentic and that comes from you know two really strong leaders that I had that enabled me to to do that which was important for me um, and I think that can be really uncomfortable for for some people to to allow people to be you know who they are and so I think there'll be definitely pockets that, that get left behind and there's also quite common theme of leadership thinking or saying the right words but not actually knowing uh, how to you know how to act like that because it's maybe something that they've for years and years have been told how you manage teams and you do this and you know you're used to being told what to do and um you know you're you're a powerful person you make the decisions to suddenly letting go of those reins is really uncomfortable um and I think some people naturally will, will, will struggle on that journey yeah, completely, completely. You just mentioned the word um, authentic and authenticity, and 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 people being who they believe that they are. I've I've been on a bit of a personal journey, as many people have throughout their whole lives, trying to answer the question, "Who who am I?" type of type of thing, without going really too philosophical and uh, and and deep. But who who is Becca, and and are you now authentically yourself? And how do you know? Uh, I'm very authentically myself <laughs> and that that's that's a strength and it's a curse as well I think at times so I was diagnosed with ADHD um, about a year and a half ago but I kind of knew I was ADHD for about three years before that on the back of my son's diagnosis and throughout my life I've kind of like I said I've kind of always challenged things always asked why but I tended to think in generally a different way to you know my peers or my colleagues and sometimes that could be really difficult because I, I once actually said you know do I talk donkey language because why does no one else see things the way I do no one really gets it and now obviously on the back of my diagnosis I think it's because I've spent years and my brain is wired differently you know I'm affected by different things I am more creative in in different areas than maybe some other people and it's also allowed me to understand who I am and the reason why I maybe do certain things um, or think in certain ways. So one of those things is about, you know, feeling comfortable to be myself um, and, you know, having freedom and autonomy is really important to me. So to be in a role where I, I've never really fitted into a box and I wouldn't really want to. <laughs> yeah. um, but with that comes quite a challenge, you know, when you're looking for kind of careers and stuff like that is I'm, 
I suppose, a little bit niche um, in, in kind of my skills is what one of my bosses described me as. But I really need to, you know, be in a place where I can be myself. That's so important. And that's how I work, you know, my best and how I kind of give my teams the best and customers the best is if I am who I am. And I believe that for, for everybody that they should be comfortable to be, you know, who they want to be and who they believe they are. Yeah, completely, completely. And just just on ADHD, you know, how would you define ADHD? What is ADHD for, for those that don't know what it is? So it's a really negative um, <laughs> uh, attachment, actually. So it's um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. It comes under mental health conditions as well. And I think when you say that, um, there are so many you know negative uh, connotations to that and a lot of stigma attached to it. So Traditionally, people believe uh, ADHD is, you know, naughty boy syndrome or it's because you were raised from single parents. It's only recently kind of been really picked up in the fema- in females and uh, girls and females are quite often misdiagnosed as well. Um, so when I talk about ADHD, there's different types of it. Um, but if I bring to life kind of attention deficit, from that, anyone would think, you know, we can't concentrate and uh, we, we can't, we have got no attention at all. It's actually probably the opposite. We, our attention is driven to things that are really appealing to us. So, for example, if you told me that I had to go and do a task every single day and it was repeating, I would just be like, see you later. Um, or I would go and play the guitar or, you know, <laughs> do something interesting, um, go to the gym. So it's, it's about our attention being refocused on things that are more appealing to us. Um, our brains are wired differently. And so, uh, for example, dopamine, which is kind of your happy hormone, we don't produce as much of uh, dopamine um, as a neurotypical brain. So we're more focused around uh, where we can get that dopamine from, what might give us excitement. Um, when I then talk about kind of the hyperactivity side, um, people talk about hyperactivity thinking, you know, I'll be jumping up and down and really loopy um, and things like that. And don't get me wrong, I get really excited. And that, that's been, you know, throughout my, my life, I used to get so much more excited than my friends. It'd be something they did that was great. And I would be more excited than they were at the result. But hyperactivity in women, for example, can actually be uh, related to like being overwhelmed so there's a lot of uh, myths out there around ADHD. There's a lot of um, misinformation out there. And I think we're raising more awareness of it now. Um, and the last couple of years over the pandemic, um, more women have kind of become aware of some of the challenges that they're taken out of the more day-to-day routine they're used to. But there's a lot of stigma attached to it. But I believe my diagnosis was really important for me because it's allowed me to really understand myself and know who I am. And my strengths and my areas that I need some support with and uh, and feel comfortable about asking for that. Yeah, when we when we talk about your di- diagnosis, it, and and you said before that that your son was diagnosed three years ago, but before that, so I, I'd like to just try to follow your journey really. So before your son's diagnosis, what did you think about some of the traits that you had that were different to other people? <laughs> I had this sort of everyone always thought my life was. In order, I mean, I was a single mum with with two kids, and I did quite well with, you know, with, I went on uh, quite a journey. It was actually on the back of a, a divorce where I went through quite a few, you know, promotions. Um, and on the outside, looking in, that looked like I was really successful. I mean, I knew it was, 
really calm all of that but actually internally and what was you know kind of happening behind closed doors was very chaotic um I would say that I found I found life hard all of the time I had to work really really hard compared to you know sort of some of my peers or colleagues um to do what they did seemingly quite you know naturally um and that was also the same at school so for example revision I had a lot of extra help and support to pass my exams but I couldn't retain information as well as other people could no matter how hard I revised and so those were sort of some some traits that you know I would I would see I would kind of I suppose put on a bit of a mask to to people that weren't very close to me um about maybe how I was coping um people would often sort of say you know Becca how are you a project manager or how do you get into that when you're you know you're basically got all these plans and you're really organized but at home your life's just chaos you know and you're flying from one thing to another and you're always on the go and uh, it was actually my diagnosis that helped me to understand that because when I was going through the diagnosis process I explained that to the to the doctor at the time and he said oh there's a lot of project managers that I've diagnosed Um, and actually what I bet you're good at is getting teams to work together aren't you and that will always stick with me because that's actually what I was good at. I wasn't good at putting plans together or telling people what to do. I was good at helping people to feel like people and like their voice was heard. And for example, my planning sessions would be collaborative. I would be getting people that were sat, you know, on the phones answering calls, involved in the project. And it was it was the feeling of people coming together that I was good at and hearing voices and listening that I was good at. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for that. And that, so that was like the the before that your son's diagnosis, and then after you were actually diagnosed. How was the um the the bit in between where you had an inkling because you'd gone through it with with your son, but you weren't diagnosed yourself. How how was that for yourself? I kind of felt like as much as I was ninety five percent sure I was ADHD. You know, I was at that time like thirty four, thirty three, thirty four, and I was kind of like. 95% sure it doesn't really matter. I've got this far in my life. Um, you know, what what does it matter? And then the more I was kind of reading up about it and I think understanding myself, the more I was like, I, I want to be 100% sure. And um, I actually found that kind of period quite challenging because there, I had a really good friend uh, that I worked with who helped me with my son and I kind of confided with, confided with him and said, look, uh, they've kind of pointed out that they think I might be ADHD because this thing's genetic. <laughs> and um, he actually helped me loads in the workplace. So, for example, when I was kind of hyper-focused on a piece of work so that I wouldn't hear people asking me questions, he would help me. So he'd be like, oh, Becca, you know. Or if I was talking and, and changing subject, he would kind of prompt me and say, just bring it back a bit, take people through your thought process. Um, so that really helped me in the workplace. And it was almost kind of because of that, that it was like, right, I need to see if, if I am ADHD because I'm pretty sure I am, but this might help if I know. So, yeah, it was quite a tr- tricky time. Yeah. And how has your life changed following diagnosis? So I'm a lot more comfortable um, in myself now in terms of I understand why I think the way I do. Um, one thing that uh, ADHD, a lot of people don't realise, is one thing that we struggle with is our emotions. Um, and 
that would be so so for example I would feel literally feel an emotion whether it's a positive or a negative and that's that's caused some challenges in my career um you know I feel I have an overwhelming sense of justice so I'm always the one who kind of speaks out even when when everyone thinks the same thing is maybe not right um I would be the one who kind of speak out and I would also be driven quite a lot by emotion so since I've had that diagnosis, it's helped me to understand why, um, you know, and that, that there's reasons for that. And then also helped me put in place some strategies uh, for some things that maybe have caused me challenges or maybe where I just need to stop and think. And it doesn't come naturally for me to stop and think. I just want to get my idea out. Um, so it's really helped me. And it's also helped me. I, I like to raise the awareness of it. because um, I think there's a lot of people out there struggling and don't know where to turn. I'm quite comfortable talking about it in the hope that it will help others. Um, so, yeah, I feel I feel very positive. A lot of people sort of said, you know, what do you need a label for? And it's not a label. It's a, it's about helping, like I say, me to, to understand myself. And most importantly, people I work with or interact with to know how to how to understand me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you for that. And th- when you said it before, when you were talking about the... Um... Uh, the diagnosis and the, the, the fact that it had so many negative uh, connotations or a negative stigma attached to it and you've you're, you speak openly um, about it now how do people respond to you when you tell them that you, you're ADHD uh, firstly and then the second question so this is a two-part question um, how do people respond to you and then secondly what gave you the courage and confidence to go and, and speak about it because you're, you're you're on tiktok you're uh, linkedin and, and so and you speak openly um about it oh first first question then um how do people i don't really know um how people respond to that so this job i'm doing now i openly told them in the interview and i think it was really important um for me to share that because it drives a lot of who, who I am and how I am. Um, and I'm, I'm proud of that. There are other, other areas that, you know, I battle with every single day um, that aren't so positive. And I think that's important to be to be honest and open. I think there's probably still a lot of stigma attached to it. Um, and some people, maybe when I talk about it, was like, oh, what is that? You know, or, oh, okay, that's just another label. Um, and I think that's normal. Um, I think that's, that's exactly why I do what I do to help to try and turn that tide um, so that people do become more understanding and people can think about how their workplaces or how their interactions day to day can become more inclusive. Um, And if we don't talk about these things, then we'll always stay as we are now. Um, And I don't think that's a great place to be. No, agreed. Sorry, go on. How I found the the courage or confidence. People talk about this a lot, actually. They do sort of people do sort of say to me about being quite confident, and I don't, I don't necessarily think I am. A big thing about ADHD as well is self esteem, and that can come from a lot of different places. So you know, as you're younger and you're kind of hearing a lot of negative things about maybe how you act and things like, um, but it's a really common uh, challenge for for people with ADHD. I think the diagnosis helped me to feel okay about who I was um and you know that I'm generally a good person do things with good intent that sort of stuff and like I say if I can if I can talk about my experiences and 
help one person, that makes me feel like I've done a good job. And that's all I aim to do. Um, I found being a mum with a child with ADHD, I mean, the amount of negative comments I got, you know, like I say, it's because you're a single mum or it's because it's your parenting style. ADHD is a new thing, you know, all of this sort of stuff. And I went through a really hard uh, time with my son, you know, for a few years and did a lot of, you know, exploring nutrition and fitness and stuff like that for him. And I think it was just massively misunderstood then as well. Um, there are so many people out there struggling day to day with with children with additional needs that can't get the help and support that they need. Um, and I think, you know, when I was in the boat that I was with my son, if there'd just been that one person that I knew about that was actively talking about it, it would have helped me. So I hope that by talking out, it gives others a route to being more inquisitive and curious, uh, whether that's that they've got ADHD or they know nothing about it. I think it's always good to learn about stuff you don't really know much about and, and open your mind a bit. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Completely agree. What what first steps would you recommend for somebody if if they they've got um, an inkling, if they're curious? Yeah, yeah. What what first steps would you recommend for somebody if they're curious to know more? Um, I would so you know I'm happy for people to kind of reach out to me and ask me questions. There's loads of good resources out there. Um, Attitude is a, a website. The ADHD Foundation. Um, they're really, really good. And if you're curious because you think that you might be ADHD, um, they've got some really good kind of initial tests that you can do to, to kind of explore it a bit further. Um, there are kind of support groups out there as well that would be good to, you know, to reach out to. But I think if you see someone in your network and you want to know more, ask. Um, quite often we get a bit afraid of, of asking, uh, you know, and, and finding out more information. But generally people that are open or you know welcome that curiosity um and it, they might learn something too in the, in the process yeah perfect no thank you for that what, what's next for you becca what's next for me yeah <laughs> um i'm not sure i like to live each day as it comes <laughs> uh one thing i don't do a lot um is planning a plan ahead um i think life just changes too much i think uh, i take gratitude in every day and try and help one person a day or make one person smile a day and that and that's good um and I just like to kind of continue on that I would definitely like to help more people um and do a lot more around leadership you know how you can be an inclusive leader um and that's an area again that I'm kind of passionate about yeah do, do you see yourself as successful Becca <laughs> well I'm not dating Craig David yet, so maybe yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yet. I mean, he, he wrote a song about that, isn't it? It's only Monday today, isn't it? Maybe that's what Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday he gets around to that. Yeah. Um, I just think I'm normal, to be honest. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really grateful for the opportunities I've been given. I've had two absolutely incredible leaders in my time that have stayed with me and you know, even just years later, that that how they've influenced me has stayed with me and how I interact with my teams. And uh, yeah, I think like they, you know, they've helped me kind of on this journey. I'm just, I'm grateful for where I am, the opportunities I've had um, and, you know, to do what I do. How do you think your teams would describe you? I generally get positive feedback that I'm quite fun <laughs> um 
and I think you know people see that I care about them as well not someone who's not afraid to challenge yeah amazing amazing I love that I love that and I guess what are you having for your tea well actually um there's a lady called Eva who's who's on LinkedIn who's a nutritionist so she does a lot around uh nutrition I used her for nutrition help with ADHD and I was doing a cook along with her for the last few weeks um but I didn't go on Thursday because I was late from work so I am cooking her recipe which is chickpea burgers tonight and oh, hopefully wow. they go right without her on the screen so yeah, yeah I'm not a good cook I have a tendency to burn things <laughs> no amazing I mean so so how often do you do that how, do you, how often do you cook along with Eva she did a nutrition reset for January, so it's finished now. But it oh. was, uh, yeah, once a week, yeah. Amazing. You're not, that doesn't mean you're going to go hungry for the other uh, 11 months, does it? <laughs> no, I can cook basic skills. <laughs> yeah, no, fair dues, fair dues. No, good, 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 good. So, no, I, I, I look forward to hearing. Um, send, send us a picture of those, uh, those chickpea burger things. Uh, they, they sound amazing. Um, and one final question. If uh, if people wanted to find out more about you, where would they go? What would they do? What would they find? Um, they'd find me on LinkedIn. Um, so I'm quite active on LinkedIn and I share my TikToks on there. So for people that don't have a TikTok account. Uh, but if you do have a TikTok account, it's uh, Agile ADHD Me, um, which is where you can find me. Amazing. Amazing. No, thank you for that. And I just want to say thank you so much again for joining me today, uh, talking about your journey, your story. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to get to know you over the last few weeks. Um, and good luck with everything that you've got going on. Thank you. What are you having for your tea? Oh, great question. Uh, not many people ask me that, if I'm honest. Um, and and tonight, I, I I fancy a curry tonight. So I think it's going to be a curry. Yeah. Oh, okay, nice. A hot, a hot curry, yeah. Start, start the week strong. And then after that, I'll just be, uh, it'll be just, um, I've, I've got no idea. But yeah, tonight is a curry. Tonight is a curry. So there you go. dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah have you have you had a leak in my freezer <laughs> <laughs> don't tell you for that <laughs> no, no amazing amazing no honestly becca thanks very much and uh, i'll chat I'll look forward to chatting again soon thank you thanks for listening to business problems solved you can contact lee on linkedin facebook instagram or twitter by searching for lee horton the business problem solver or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.